This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with cellist Charles Curtis about his track, Unfinished Song. The piece is for multiple cellos and sine waves, and the track features on an album titled Charles Curtis, Performances and Recordings, 1998-2018. This three-CD release came out on Solturn Records in 2020, and we warmly recommend that you check out the rest of this fantastic release, which features recordings by composers such as Elaine Radig, Morton Feldman, and Terry Jennings. In our chat, Charles discusses the range of interests that led to this track from medieval music to rock song form, the tuning system he employed, and why this 1998 track has only come to be released now. I'm Charles Curtis, and uh, I am a cellist. That's how I think of myself. And I'm speaking right now from my home in San Diego. I'm actually originally from Southern California, but not San Diego. Laguna Beach is where I was born and grew up. And then I lived for a long time in New York, a long time in Germany, and for the last 20-some years here in San Diego. This is a piece of mine called Unfinished Song. It's a piece that I made in the late 90s in Germany, when I was living in Germany. And uh, it involves multiple cellos and sine waves. It took me a few attempts to actually wind up with a piece that I was satisfied with. I recorded it a few times. And uh, even then, I always felt that it needed something else. And at the time, I was doing a lot of work with spoken word and also with my band, which was guitar, bass, and drums, just a straight ahead, uh, you know, power trio. And I thought of this piece as being the basic uh, core to something that would expand either with spoken word or with my band or both. And not knowing quite what to do with it, it just sort of sat around for many years. And uh, much more recently, my friend Tashi Wada, who was helping to put together this collection of recordings, asked me whether we could release this. And I said, well, I don't really think I ever finished it. And he said, well, I think it sounds fine the way it is. So at that point, I decided, okay, it can just stay like this. And I'll call it Unfinished Song because it's not finished. I'm not sure I even remember exactly how I put this together. Uh, everything that I do that's my own music, I do uh, hands-on. 
I just do it by playing and by listening and trying things. Uh, there's no score to this. Uh, I've never actually scored any of my compositions in any way that anyone else could decipher. Uh, so this was done in a studio in Hamburg, uh, that, which was downstairs from a club called Westwerk. And it was recorded by a friend of mine named Tobias Levine, who's a very, very interesting producer, uh, who's worked with a lot of very interesting German bands from the 90s and, and, and going forward. And uh, I think I just recorded the sine waves, and then I recorded the basic, you know, the I guess the, the melody. And then I started trying counterpoint parts around that, and little by little built it up that way. So... It was a pretty straightforward process, actually. I never really had the sense that the piece was complete or that the, that it was that it had been rounded out, you know, as a as a piece of music until very recently and maybe that was partly a sense of resignation that maybe I'm never going to finish this and maybe I just have to live with it the way it is. So I've spent a number of decades working with the great American composer Lamont Young, uh, who is known as really one of the pioneers uh, in terms of bringing just intonation into experimental music. And I really learned to play in just intonation through my work with Lamont, just really hands-on, working with him, playing with him, singing with him, and so on. And that goes back to the 1980s. And a, a particular piece was uh, the one that really changed my whole approach to performing in just intonation. And that was a piece by the American composer Terry Jennings. And actually, this piece is going to be released very soon on Tashi's label. Um, it's a, a 80 some minute piece for cello with, uh, yeah, with sustained tones, everything in just intonation. And I had been working with Lamont in the early 90s on that piece. And then expanding that and trying uh, to make pieces of my own in that style. Also very influenced by North Indian raga, by the work that Lamont and I personally did with the great uh, North Indian vocalist Pandit Pranath. There's this longer piece of mine called Ultra White Violet Light, which I was making at exactly the same time as Unfinished Song. And Unfinished Song is more like a compact song structure, whereas Ultra Violet Light is very open-ended, um, very much like raga-style improvisation. But Unfinished Song is actually a, a kind of a neat little song structure with a refrain and a chorus and a bridge. Um, and that has to do with the fact that I was playing in this rock band and I was creating pieces and also playing uh, cover versions of, you know, things like Joni Mitchell. <laughs> At that point, I was equally interested in, yeah, straight ahead kind of indie rock pop songs and uh, experimental music. So yeah, the harmonies are definitely, yeah, 
kind of set in the world of just intonation and a very straightforward tuning. It's just a Pythagorean tuning. But I think I was also kind of interested in, in Renaissance music. And I had this uh, box set, The Art of Courtly Love, David Monroe, which was put out probably in the late 60s. And there are just some incredibly beautiful pieces from around the period of Machaut. In particular, a piece by an otherwise almost unknown composer named Andrieux. It's this um, deploration on the death of Machaut. It's called uh, Amours, Amours, aux fleurs des fleurs. Just an incredible piece of music. And I think I had that in the back of my mind as well. So in a way, the piece is a sort of a mashup of these things. It's a pop song. It's an exercise in tuning multiple cellos in just intonation. And it's also borrowing a little bit from the harmonic world of uh, the late Middle Ages, early Renaissance. Well, a Pythagorean tuning is one which uses only multiples of two and three. And what that means in musical terms is that it is based on uh, unisons, octaves, and perfect fifths, and then multiples of perfect fifths, which give you ninths and uh, different kinds of sevenths. But everything is built on stacking perfect fifths. And so you go through the circle of fifths, and build your entire scale around around perfect fifths. The studio, which is called Electric Avenue, run by this guy Tobias Levine, is right underneath this club, which a, quite a famous club in Hamburg called Westwerk. And the club has a, a kind of a cement floor and it's a reasonably large space. And uh, to record this piece, we decided to go out of the studio and up into the empty club with nobody in it during the day. And uh, the microphones were then running down the stairs into the control room uh, below the club. And so... Uh, I feel like we were getting a sort of a church-like sound that had a little bit more reflection than you'd associate with a straight-ahead recording studio. And uh, so I was up there, and I believe that the sine waves were actually being played through speakers, so they were not just being recorded lying in with headphones. I don't like using headphones when I record that kind of music. I like to hear the music in the space around me and being surrounded by it. And so there would have been some doubling of the uh, sine waves coming back into the microphones, but we were we were okay with that. We we thought that this kind of swirling kind of uh, immersion of the live sound and the recorded sound was okay, and uh, so that's how we did it. It's been kind of a surprise to me that people have singled out this particular track on that three CD set. And of course, it's very gratifying to me that people like this piece, but I'm still kind of surprised by that because I still feel like it's a little bit unresolved. The piece doesn't really have closure to me. I feel like it's something I'm never going to do again. It's something that came out of that moment, some kind of combination or collision of interests and uh, enthusiasms at that moment. 
and I'll probably never go back to this kind of peace. So I'm glad that it finally has uh, reached the public in this form, even though I'm not completely on board with it, <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs>